0: Showcase Sundays today on the Mutual Audio Network.
1: The following audio drama is rated PG for parental guidance.
2: How do I I'll skip ahead of it? No, I can't skip ahead. Of it. All, all right, everybody, into the time machine. Hey, what uh, can't wait, can't on a minute, wait a minute. No, 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 no. You don't understand how radio works. All I have to do to return this is fade my voice out like this
1: you the organist. And you see,
3: here we are. Wait a
0: minute. 63 Audio presents the Old Time Radio Essentials Podcast. Greetings all who gather here and welcome to Old Time Radio Essentials. If this is your first time joining us, and even if it ain't, I must inform you that this is episode 22. My name is Pete. This is Dave. And I'm Paul. The purpose of our show is to present specific episodes of our favorite old-time radio series, episodes that stand out as particularly representative of those series, or as one of those quotable episodes that fans of old radio like to discuss, either in person or on
4: social media. We'll open each episode by introducing the selection, describing it briefly, and then we'll play it for you. Then we'll come back at the end and discuss it at length, each of us giving their opinions on its merit its performances, or anything that stands out for us.
3: And that's exactly what we're presenting to you. Just our opinions on whether or not it's worthy of a place in every old-time radio aficionado's personal collection. You don't have to agree with us. In fact, we may not agree with each other. But we do hope you'll enjoy what we bring to the table and come back for more.
0: Each of us three will take turns selecting a show for discussion. Last month, we had as our guests the gang from the mysterious old Radio Listening Society, and their selection was a radio primer from the Columbia Workshop, in case you missed it. This month, it's finally back to Paul for his choice, so what do you have for us, Paul?
3: Well, I figured what with St. Patty's Day coming quickly, and we're still dealing with COVID, uh, Duffy's Tavern something a little on the Irish side. And this episode was from 1945, March 16th. And to keep it a little bit more
4: Irish, they even have a guest star of Pat O'Brien, Shot and Big water. Duffy's Tavern was an American radio situation comedy that ran for a decade on several networks. CBS from 1941 to 1942, NBC Blue Network from 1942 to 44, and NBC from 1944 to 51 concluding with the December 28th, 1951 broadcast. And so, in honor
0: of St. Patty's Day, we present guest star Pat O'Brien for March 16th, 1945, and Duffy's Tavern. And now, friends, adjust your radio dials to the proper frequency.
3: Get comfortable and listen...
2: Again this week, during the Danny K absence, we present another great comedy cast. Tonight, we take you now to Duffy's Tavern.
5: Hello, Duffy's Tavern. Where do you eat meat Archie the man just speaking. Duffy ain't here. Oh, hello, Duffy. Big crowd here tonight. Oh, yeah, three-drink O'Reilly, uh, foul-mouthed clarity. Yeah, and <clears throat> that, uh, quiet talking Irish guy, Pat O'Brien. Yeah, the Irish hush. <laughs> yeah, hey, you've seen him in the movies, Duffy, you know, real he-man. Broad-shouldered and rugged and powerful and... Yet with that certain something about him that the other guy always gets the dame.
1: <laughs>
5: yeah. Hey, uh, what time you coming down, Duffy? Well, tonight is the big dinner. Your 33rd wedding anniversary. You forgot about it. Your memory's getting shorter since Mrs. Duffy's been beating you over the head with that baseball bat. <laughs> well, you better not let her know you forgot this one, or instead of a short memory, you'll wind up with a tall memorial. <laughs> <laughs> I'll call you back. <laughs> uh.
6: We find Clifton Finnegan, Miss Duffy, Eddie the waiter, Clancy the cop, Matty Melnick, and his orchestra. Our guest star tonight, Pat O'Brien, and Archie himself, Ed Gardner.
5: Okay, Eddie, we got to get ready for the Duffy's party now. Uh, let's slip this sandbag on top of this beer keg here.
7: Right. <clears throat>
5: Good. Now, we add to it this 300-pound sack of flour. Let's see. Altogether, it's 400 pounds. Ready? Flip.
7: <laughs> <laughs> Woo! That ain't no use, Mr. Archer. That beer keg just won't hold 400 pounds.
1: Hmm.
5: Where is Mrs. Duffy gonna sit? <laughs>
7: Uh, you know that, that that Mrs. Duffy is always a big seating problem. Mm.
5: And every year the problem gets bigger.
1: <laughs>
5: <laughs> what a big behemoth! <clears throat> I uh, wonder what she does way.
8: Just a second, Archie. Maybe Mama is a little heavy, but she's built in perfect proportion.
5: Look what rode in on a broom here, <laughs> Miss Duffy. Your mother has perfect proportion.
8: Certainly. She has fat hips and fat legs, but don't forget that's balanced by the fact that she has a very fat face. Oh. (laughs) Eddie, uh, do you think my mother looks so very fat? Well, Miss Duffy, I'm in no position to say. What do you mean, in no position to say?
1: Well,
5: if I say it, I won't have
7: no position. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Look,
5: will you stop about your mother, Miss Duffy? You can't make a zephyr out of a heifer. (laughs) Holy cat, their 33rd anniversary. You know, it's hard to believe that with so many people in the world that them two married each other.
8: Now, just a second, Archie. It was true love from the day they first met in Ireland.
5: Oh, they met in Ireland? I, I never knew that.
8: Yeah, at Blarney Castle.
5: Blarney Castle, huh?
8: Yeah. Papa and some friends had gone to visit the castle, and that's where the whole thing started. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. Papa thought he was kissing the Blarney Stone, and it turned out to be Mama.
1: How
5: quaint. <laughs> well, look, Eddie, we better get busy with the anniversary party. Did that uh, new chef finish the cake yet?
7: Yeah, he finished it.
5: Well, how is it?
7: Well, it started... I, I started... Oh, hey, that gives me an idea. What? That's what Mrs. Duffy can sit on. <laughs> <laughs>
5: on the anniversary cake <laughs> Well, it's an idea, but first, maybe we better blow out the candles, huh? Now, uh, <coughs> come on, let's get busy. We still got a lot of loose ends here. what? Well, hello, Finnegan. Welcome to the party. Uh, what did you do? Come stag? No, I I walk. Finnegan, stag means a guy that ain't got a girl. The stag's a guy that ain't got a girl? Well, you know, it's a figment of speech. Uh, real stag looks like that moose head over there. No wonder he ain't got a girl. <laughs> oh, forget it. What, what do you got under your arm there?
9: Oh, that's, that's an anniversary present for Duffy.
5: Oh, and, uh, did you bring one for Mrs. Duffy? Why, is it her anniversary too?
9: <laughs> well, naturally. Boy, she horns in on everything. <laughs> hey, Arch, look, will you take a look at this present I bought, uh, I want to
5: ask you something about it. Okay, let's say it. Uh, hmm, nice present. Uh, why'd you want to ask me about it? What is it?
1: <laughs> why,
5: it's uh, it's it's obvious. Uh, don't don't you know what it is? No. Well, then why did you buy it? The man said you couldn't get them no more. <laughs> Well, that's very interesting. Uh, Eddie, uh, look, uh, did did you ever see one of these?
7: Sure. That's a waffle iron.
5: There, you see, Finnegan, it's a waffle iron. Maybe after this you'll take my word for
2: things. (laughs) (laughs) Well, well, good evening, boy.
5: Well, hello, Officer Clancy. Glad to see you. Have a little something to heighten the color of your nose?
1: Uh,
2: Don't
5: mind if I do. Say, what's that? That's Duffy's anniversary present, Clancy. It's a thing you iron waffles with. Oh, Clancy, did you get the Duffies a present? Naturally. After all, I was at their wedding. Yeah, that's right, Clancy. You was there when the battle started, wasn't you? (laughs) Tell me, how did
2: Duffy act? I'll bet he was scared, huh? No, as I remember, he was quite brave. Took it like a man. Except for one tense moment when it looked like he was going to break and run. When was that? When he heard the words, you may kiss the bride. (laughs) Hello?
5: Oh, hello, Duffy. Hey, we're waiting for you. What's keeping you? you fighting with Mrs. Duffy? About what? Oh, she found out you forgot about the anniversary and she's letting you have it, huh? What's she hitting you with? Everything but the... Hello? What was that? The kitchen sink.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like
5: Mrs. Duffy is rather provoked. <clears throat>
2: Well, hello, hello, hello As Gene Autry said to a pair of his pants How are you,
1: chaps? (laughs) Well, well, well
5: Our old pal Sir Heathcliff, the comedian I thought I told you to
2: stay out of here Hmm As the cow said to the milkmaid I didn't expect such a cold hand
5: (laughs) Wait a minute, Heathcliff Tonight, tonight is Duffy's anniversary party. Do you know any Irish jokes? Irish jokes?
2: Of course, old boy. As the dog said when he walked out of the flea circus, I've got a million of them. hmm Just listen to this one. It seems there were two Irishmen, Pat and Mike. Pat said to Mike, Mike, my sister is marrying a fine Irish lad. So Mike said, oh, really? And Pat said, no, O'Reilly.
5: Tonight, the corn is green. Heathcliff, why don't you get a partner called Abner so you can do an act called Crum and Abner? Oh, really? No, O'Reilly. Uh,
7: Mr. Archie, Mr. O'Brien's on his way in.
5: Oh, good. Fellas, come on. Pat's here. Uh, Finnegan, Clancy, leave us give him some real Irish atmosphere,
1: okay. huh? Lo-ra,
9: lo-ra. That's my wild Irish robe. Finnegan.
6: Yeah. Oh, yeah.
5: What goes on here? Oh, it's just a little welcome for you, Pat. Fellas, look, it's Pat O'Brien. <laughs> well, well, Pat, the top of the are to you. Thank you. And the back of my to you. <laughs> well, I'm glad you finally got here, me fair pelt <laughs> You uh, ain't been down here uh, to the tavern in quite a while. How come? Let's call it the luck of the Irish. Pat, that is no way for an Irishman to talk. After all, don't forget, you're one of Duffy's own (laughs) lantzman. Yes. Uh, By the way, where is Duffy? He's home. He's smart. Now, wait a minute, O'Brien. The way you wrap this joint, I'm wondering if you're an Irishman at that. How would you like a healthy punch in the nose? Don't evade the question. Are you sure you're Irish? Yes, I'm Irish. Then why wasn't you and going my way?
2: Archie, what kind of talk is this? Accusing an O'Brien of not being an Irishman. Thank you, officer. Hi, I've never seen a finer figure of an Irishman. That's very nice of you, officer. Sure, me and the wife has admired you for these many years. Thank you, officer. Uh, how's chances of getting me in pictures? You in pictures, Clancy? And why not? They always have them parts in pictures, them thick-headed cops. Why should they hire actors when in a man like me they can get the real thing? No, that would be carrying reality too far. Where's me club? Archie,
5: explain that remark. Now, Clancy, I merely meant that you would be perfect as a thick-headed cop.
2: Oh, well, that's different. Your apology
5: is accepted.
9: Oh, uh, Mr. (laughs) O'Brien.
5: Yeah? Archie, uh, where do these things come from? Out of the woodwork?
1: <laughs>
5: well, uh, sometimes. Other times, we just drop them from the chandelier.
9: Thanks, <laughs> uh, By the way, Mister O'Brien, uh, that Margaret
5: O'Brien—is that your wife? Penny. <laughs> anyway. Margaret O'Brien. She's only seven years old.
1: Yeah.
9: They said the same thing about Shirley Temple And what did she turn out to be? A married woman
8: <laughs>
6: You got a point there uh,
8: hello, Mr. O'Brien I'm Miss Duffy, my parents' attractive daughter mm.
6: <laughs> Brother, this joint is a nest
5: of them
8: Uh, Mr. O'Connor, follow her
5: Yeah, okay, I'll be right with you, Pat Hello? Oh, hello, Mrs. Duffy No, he didn't come down here What's the matter? You sound scared He did Well, I'll see if I can find him Oh, sure. Well, keep a stiff up a chin. <laughs> hey, Eddie, Duffy has disappeared. Mrs. Duffy says he threatened to go out and kill himself. Nah, I don't believe it. Why?
7: Oh, uh, why should he go out to kill himself when Mrs. Duffy could render him the same service at home? <laughs>
5: well, you never can tell about that guy. I better see if I can find him. Uh, let's see. I'll call his lodge. Hello? County Cork Culture Club? (laughs)
1: Is
5: Duffy there? A bald guy. No, huh? Maybe he was black bald. (laughs) (laughs) Will you cut out the crummy jokes, Heathcliff? Uh, let's see. Where else could he be? Uh... Hello? A rocked Turkish bat? (laughs)
1: Is
5: Duffy there? He ain't. This is Archie. I'm trying to find him. Who's this? Oh, hello, Abdo. (laughs)
1: Huh? Yeah,
5: yeah, I know, but uh, I'll be in. Well, uh, you know, I've been kind of busy lately. Huh? Oh, no, I ain't taking no bets no place else. (laughs) Yeah, I'll be in. Okay. Nice guy, that Abdo O'Rourke. Well... Where could that Duffy have gone so well? Say, Archie, not that it all hasn't been horrible, but it's getting late, and... Oh, look, Pat, you can't leave. Now, I'm gonna need you. No, I'm sorry, Archie. Look, if I tell you a secret, will you promise not to tell it to another human being in this joint? Not even if I meet one. (laughs) Man, listen. Duffy has disappeared. Who? Duffy, the owner of this place. He's planning to kill himself. The only decent thing for him to do.
2: Hey, Archie, when do we
5: eat? You hear that, Pat? We've got to start the dinner. Now, these guys is all Duffy's loyal friends and bore them beautiful presents, you know? And if we don't give them the dinner, they'll all take their presents home. So what do you say, Pat? Will you help me? What do you want me to do? Well, I want you to stay for the dinner and read a poem that I wrote. Poem that you wrote? Yeah. Okay, show me the wall. <laughs> <laughs> it ain't wrote on no wall. <clears throat> It's wrote here on a hunk of paper. Here, look it over. Say, Archie, when do we eat? In a minute. Pass me the sauce, please.
2: Yeah, here you are. Let me have a hunk of bread.
5: Uh, here, uh, would you mind to pass me the butter? Here. Finnegan, that's no way to eat celery. <laughs> uh,
9: sorry, Arch. Uh, hey, this pig's knuckle looks beautiful. Finnegan,
5: let's go of me hand.
1: Oh. Alice,
5: <laughs> will you please watch your decorums here? Hey, Pat, you're not eating. Want me to wind up in Forest Lawn? Ah, <laughs> oh, come on. Try them pickle pig's feet. They're our speciality. Uh, Finnegan, uh, pass Mr. O'Brien a pig's foot. The pig's foot? Uh, well, you have Mr. O'Brien a left to a right.
1: <laughs> well,
5: see if you can get him to walk by and
6: I'll decide.
5: <laughs> hey, Eddie, uh, any word about Duffy yet? No. Oh, I
1: can't. Hmm.
5: There's one more call I could make, but well, I guess I got it. Hello? City Morgue. Look, have you got a rig of mortar stand named Duffy? No, huh? Thanks. Well, he ain't there yet. I wonder where the guy can be. Well, we can't hold it up no longer. We better start the speeches. Okay, quiet, folks. Now, uh, I want to welcome yous one and all to Duffy's 33rd anniversary party. The Duffy's ain't here yet, pending their lack of arrival. <coughs> However, they are represented by their lifelong daughter, Miss Duffy.
8: I thank you, dear people, in the name of Mom and Papa, whom are the parents, the daughter of whose I am proud to be the offspring. I thank you.
1: <laughs>
5: A lovely sentiment, Miss Duffy. Uh, now, our next
2: speaker will be Sir Heathcliff Batterswick. I have never met Mr. Duffy personally which reminds me of a story. It seems there were two Irishmen named Pat and Mike. And now our next speaker...
5: (laughs) Our next speaker will be that
2: brave and fearless minion of the law, Officer Clancy. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, I have known Mr. Duffy for the last 40 years, and I can truthfully say that in this whole neighborhood... There is not one man that I've, uh, I've, uh, that I've known longer. I thank you. <laughs> Nancy,
5: that was really a beautiful tribute. And now a word from one of Duffy's loyalist employees, Eddie DeWater.
7: Uh, ladies and gentlemen, i worked for Mr. Duffy for a good many years. Now, he ain't the sort of man who throws money around or wasted. Or even spend it. <laughs> but underneath it all, he's got a good heart, I suppose. I think.
5: I hope Duffy's hearing all of this wherever he is. And now another one of Duffy's admirers, Mr. Clifton Finnegan. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I want to say
9: that everything I am today, ever was, forever will be, I owe to my dear mother. <laughs> okay.
5: I'm sure that many more of Duffy's loyal friends would like to eugilize him also. <laughs> Thousands. But I'm afraid that time permits. So we will proceed to the big piece of resistance of the evening, a poem wrote by me and recited by Mr. Pat O'Brien.
6: Happy anniversary, Mr. and Mrs. Duffy. You have weathered weather both stormy and roughy. <laughs> Through sunshine and foul In sickness and rain For thirty-three years You's have stuck as a twain <laughs> You love your wife, Duffy I've oft seen you hug her Although she might kiss you back With a Louisville slugger <laughs> She's still your whole world Although when you did meet her She was not quite so lumpy Around the equator <laughs> So he sends you greetings from old Duffy's tavern. Such marriages are only made up in havern. <laughs> Over each other for years did you drool. May it go on forever like a time
1: capsule. <laughs> Very,
5: good. Very good. Oh, excuse me. Hello? Oh, hello, Mrs. Duffy. Huh? You found him? Where? Out on the window ledge? He's threatening to jump. Well, look, maybe I can talk him out of it. Re- reach the phone out to him. Tell oh, it looks like he wasn't kidding. Hello, hello, Duffy. Duffy, get in off of that ledge. But, Duffy, Duffy, don't talk like that. But, Duffy, once you're dead, life ain't worth living. <laughs>
1: that?
5: No, that's not true, Duffy. No, everybody loves you. Well, so what if a person's wife does slug him once in a while? She's got to have some fun in life, too. (laughs) You're still going to? Duffy, please. Look, wait, wait just one minute. Hey, Pat, quick. Sing him an Irish song. Maybe it'll divert the guy. Okay, give me Mm. the phone.
6: I'll sing him McSorley's Twins. Okay, Duffy,
5: listen to this.
6: Now, Mrs. McSorley had fine pretty twins, two fat little dibbles they were, with the squallin' and bawlin' from mornin' till night it would deafen you, I do declare. Be Miss soul was a caution, the way they would scream like the blast of a fisherman's horn. Says McSorley, not one blessed hour have I slept since them two little dibbles was born. <coughs> With the dancing and prancing the whole blessed night, they could hardly stand up on their pins. Ah, oh, what an elegant time at the christening we had of McSorley's two beautiful twins. And now the second verse, Duffy.
5: Hello? Hello? Give me that phone, quick. Hello? Hmm. I thought so. He jumped. <laughs> Well, fellas, we better get down there quick and condone Mrs. Duffy. Now, come on. Hey, wait a minute. I just thought of something. What? They live on the ground floor.
6: <laughs>
5: he was just doing a whole dirty trick to scare his wife. I know, but doesn't Mrs. Duffy know they live on the ground floor? No, when they moved in, they had a heister through the window like a piano. She didn't know what floor they lived on. <laughs> Look, am I'm, I'm sorry. The whole thing was a hoax hoaxax, you know, but... Uh, you was very sweet to help us out, so if you want to blow now, we won't keep you here no longer. Hmm? Oh, shut up, Archie. I'm going to get
6: into like this comedy joint. Come on, boys. Let's get on with the party. How about a little
1: song? Oh, sure. The Thank you.
0: Time Radio Essentials. This is Pete with Paul and Dave. That was an episode of Duffy's Tavern with guest star Pat O'Brien, originally broadcast March 16th, 1945, on the NBC Radio Network. Paul, this was your selection for this installment. What made you choose it?
6: Well,
3: like I said before, we started the show with St. Patty's Day coming up. I wanted to put a little bit more of an Irish flair into what we're going to be listening to. And so. I was looking around and it's like ah Duffy's Tavern. That sounds like a perfect one because I mean we just did one recently. Um, what was the the other one
0: we did? Life with Luigi, husband and wife. Oh, oh, the husband and wife. Yeah, Burns and Allen. No, just recently. Um,
3: God, I can't think of the guy. (laughs) Uh, forget it. Anyhow. That one sounded kind of Irish. I was like, okay, what else is Irish? Uh, So I started looking around. Oh, Duffy's Tavern. I didn't really want to find something that was, you know, like uh, Jack Benny. And then in the middle of it just dropped an Irish episode. I wanted something with a little bit more always a little on the Irish side. Kind of, you know, life with Luigi was Italian, so this was like the Irish one, so... That's so why I decided to go with that. So I looked for one around the time frame of St. Patty's Day, and then it had Pat
4: O'Brien in it. So I'm like, that's a perfect one to use. Excellent, very good. Dave, what did you think of it? Well, I think I've mentioned on the podcast once or twice before that uh, I grew up with a um, kind of a fondness for these old time radio comedies, and I, I remember having a, a, a um, I almost said Life with Luigi. I had a um, A Duffy's Tavern cassette collection that I think I got from Radio Spirits sometime in the mid 90s or the late 90s, and uh, you know, this, I don't remember this episode being on there, so it was a nice kind of a blast from the past, but also something new, because as I mentioned, I don't think I'd ever heard this one before, and, you know, I, I, I've i mentioned, I've also mentioned before that I have, uh, I guess, some reservations about some of the old sitcom structure, like I, uh, uh, like the music breaks and stuff like that, but I've, I've kind of come around to the opinion that they're, they're sort of nice, because, you know, you get tired of the rapid-fire one-liners and all that, and you can just kind of take a little snooze when the orchestra comes in or just enjoy the music. So uh, as, as with the case with this, I think there was like a four minute music break pretty early on. And I thought that was kind of, uh, yeah, sometimes you're in the mood for it. You know, you want a little break from the jokes and then the, you know, you get Pat good, O'Brien. It was good music. It was good. Yeah, yeah. 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 I don't mean to criticize the music at all. I just, sometimes I'm in the mood for, for laughter, you know, and I, I see the music as like a, uh, an interruption. But uh, this time around, I didn't mind it so much for whatever reason. So,
0: well, the music was good, but it was uh, it wasn't originally part of the show. I'm pretty sure that uh, at the end they say this is the Armed Forces Radio Network, so they inserted oh, okay. the music to take the place of any commercials they may have had uh, because they didn't announce it, and then it, the, just the music started, and then they didn't back announce it like they do on on the comedies. That was so and so playing such and such, you know, and Jack Benny and uh, uh fred allen they always play my show i'll good one with blah 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 so i'm pretty sure that this took this is music that took the place of uh commercials just for the benefit of the armed forces radio service um but it was good i agree it was good now um i'm gonna have to uh, steer off the beaten path because i love duffy's tavern and i think uh archie Archie's character is fantastic with his uh uh spoonerisms or malapropisms or whatever you want to call him. He'll in, he'll he'll uh say the wrong word and you just you gotta laugh because the word he chose is this close to being the right one, but it's completely off off track. And then Finnegan comes in, he talked, you know, Finnegan say Arch, you know. <laughs> that guy and uh Miss Duffy is so funny because she she thinks she's beautiful and she's she's probably you know they they treat like her like her she's mother. annoying and 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 a homely and the boss's daughter and nobody wants her. So generally that is a fantastic uh combination but this one this particular episode they they relied so heavily on fat jokes. Yeah. that it really became uncomfortable for me and as a former skinny person <laughs> I'm yeah, trans been slender, been you know. I uh, uh as a former uh slender person, I uh uh I wasn't offended by it, but it just was pretty, you know, uncomfortable uh with however many they told at the very beginning when they're talking about Mrs. Duffy. And then they stopped and it was funny again because they stopped but then they came back at the end and said that they hoisted her up in a window and she didn't even know what floor she lived on. So Yeah. To rely on something like that was just uncomfortable for me to listen to.
4: I kind of have to agree. Like at a certain point, it it becomes a little, uh, as the kids say these days, a little cringy, you know, when it's just one fat joke after another, it just, it almost like borders on being hateful at a certain point. You know, I know, I know these are just made up characters, but you know, to the, to the, to the people listening to this, it might just, uh, it's like, you know, man, like who, 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 who's going to be the the butt of the next joke, you know? And it's like, there's a fine line between uh, between the, between joking and just like the atmosphere becoming like an atmosphere of um, you know like I said just kind of hate, almost hatefulness. So I, yeah. I felt the same way with the with the fat jokes.
3: I figure it this way: those guys had to write so many shows and all that that sometimes the well goes dry and you go for the <laughs> lowest hanging fruit. Yeah. And so maybe they couldn't think a squat. Maybe. Really maybe so. That week, and they just get. Oh well shit. Your mother's so fat, you know, yeah. let's just go with that. Okay. So that's that's what was ava- you know, that's all I could think of in the time frame. Right. Uh, right. I'd like to try and give him some credit for you know not doing that on a regular basis, but
0: it's like, ah, oh, crap, we couldn't think of anything. <laughs> now to give him credit, I did think that the premise of um the cake was so bad and so hard that Mrs. <laughs> Duffy could have sat on it that was pretty funny, really yeah. a, a, a good setup because uh, um, it wasn't really relying so much on her being fat as it was making fun of the cake. So it's, it's a fine line really.
3: Better make sure we put the
4: candles out. First. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, my favorite joke was actually probably one of the more dumb jokes. Cause I, you know, you know me, I'm a big fan of just one liners yeah. and, uh, and puns. And there's a joke about, uh, Oh really? O'Reilly. Yeah. That <laughs> That's a- That's an
0: old joke too. I mean, that was probably that probably had whiskers on it at the time they told it on the show. Yeah.
3: Probably. (laughs) The thing I thought was you could all you were talking about cringeworthy, but you could almost feel him cringing was Pat O'Brien at the end when he had a when he was reading the poem. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You can just hear him kind of like, (laughs) "Why did I agree to this?"
0: Now, what I like about Duffy's Tavern is that they brought in the big names. It was very big for um, uh, celebrities on a weekly basis, which was which was great. And um, they'd come in and they'd you know take part in the in the comedy, and they may not be comedians. Uh, Ida Lupino, a very serious actress, for example, was a guest star one time, and she was so funny because she started talking exactly like Archie. <laughs> the same sort of speech pattern. She adopted a New York accent, even though she's English, and then she started started making the same kind of cracks as Archie did. But um, I'm going to look up this it, Yes, you you should. It's very funny, <laughs> and I just love that one. But um, and, and where am I going with this? Um, so with Duffy Tavern and the celebrities, you'd get people like uh, and compared to suspense. Suspense would bring in celebrities to play roles that may not they may not play in other areas. Jack Benny played a serious right. character, Danny yeah. Kay played a serious character. Yeah. Cary Grant would play uh characters different from his regular uh handsome leading man persona. So it was fun and it's interesting to uh to do it that way, and so and so it was with Duffy's Tavern. Um you might get a singer. Um there's one I listened to with uh, Beverly Shea, the Park Avenue Hillbilly, and I had I first heard of her in the eighties well, she was a huge star and she would, um, sing these, uh, uh, country songs and Western songs. This is before country Western was put together. Back when there was two types of country music. Uh, <laughs> and she sang these, she had a beautiful voice, but she sang everything sort of in a, in a, a, a hillbilly accent. And, uh, she was on there one time. And, um, I think it was around for a Valentine's day episode where, uh, um, Finnegan thought that Archie had forgotten to send him a Valentine's Day card, and then Duffy was mad at Finnegan because he hadn't gotten a Valentine's Day card from him. But it turns out they just had bought them, but they never mailed them out, and they each had them in their coat pockets or something like that. So, and then Beverly Shea, uh, um, Dorothy Shea, rather helped uh, helped them figure that out. So it's just a, you never know who's going to be on the show, and you never know what's going to happen. Uh, but usually, it's it's something funny. Pat O'Brien had kind of a, a tough guy persona in this one and he was constantly insulting Archie and when he had to read the poem like Paul said was uh <laughs> he he read the words that uh, that that Archie had written in the same sort of voice that Archie might uh, might do it so it was funny that that part was was very good
4: yeah I admit I had to cheat a little bit because I did not recognize the name Pat O'Brien and so um, after listening to this I, I had to look up his Wikipedia article and uh just scrolling through the uh the filmography section, I realized, oh he's one of the cops from one of my favorite comedies uh some like it hot and um yeah. it, it seems like it seems like he tended to be uh or tended to portray uh priests and cops more than any, any anything else yeah, I whatever. would say
0: he was pretty much stereotyped into one of those yeah.
4: one of those Irish well, you're characters not his face <laughs>
0: I like how they described
3: him in the in uh, how Archie described him. How uh, oh, he's a big guy, a big rugged kind of guy, you know the 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 kind of guy that uh, the other guy gets the
0: girl. <laughs> yeah, he <laughs> seemed to be because uh, he was in a movie with Clark Gable, and Clark Gable won the girl that 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 he loved. So it was, uh one of those one of those cool things. And he was in one with uh, uh, I think it was mentioned before we started the show, Jimmy Cagney. Uh, he was in Angels with Dirty Faces and he played a priest. Mm. And Jimmy Cagney played the uh the killer from the neighborhood who was uh who was wait, awaiting execution. So
3: didn't those two, like, know, is it in the movie? Didn't their characters, like, grew, grow up with each other? Yeah, too?
0: they grew up together. One became a priest and one went to prison. So one went to a life of crime. So politics. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no moita. <laughs> it was moita. Do you guys
4: know, uh, speaking of, you know, the character of Archie, um, was that, was there any kind of inspiration there for Archie Bunker? Or, or, was, or do you think maybe there's just, like, a prevailing kind of, you know, stereotype of, like, the dumb Irish guy, like, blue-collar Irish guy? Do you think there's any link there? Or is that just uh
3: I would guess more of an influence as a as as opposed to a direct tie?
4: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, because Archie Bunker was very bigoted and opinionated, and Archie uh Goodwin for the show was just you know, just a friendly a friendly guy who said right, the wrong right. thing. I, I
4: mean just uh, superficially, just kind of like their, their mannerisms and like like you mentioned, Pete, like the uh the rough around super- the edges. You, and like you know, the mispronunciation of words, malapropism, uh, spoonerism, that kind of thing. Like, I wonder if just superficially there was some kind of uh, you know connection there with like writers sort of you know perhaps maybe paying homage to like an earlier character. Uh, I don't know. Character. Could be. I have no proof. I just wonder if you guys. I never, guys never
0: I never of thought of that myself. It's worth a worth a look though. Sure. But you know the 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 characters in All in the Family, Archie Bunker and Edith Bunker, those were. Uh, adapted by Norman Lear from an English comedy, uh, right. With similar with similar characters. So I forget the original name of the show that he had that he uh, developed.
4: Yeah, I, I've never seen it, but I was aware, vaguely aware of it. So anyway, that's a that's a digression.
0: <laughs> that's okay. That's what we do. That's we're what fa- a
4: conversation is. Just we're
0: famous of- for our digressions,
3: and we don't bother putting our turn signals on either when we change
0: lanes in a conversation. <laughs> Well, I'm in Texas, and that never happens in real life anyway. <laughs> yeah.
3: Oh, Texas, when they had that big pile up last month with this. it's like, I can understand that, because we came down to visit our son in Texas, and so we drove from where he was out to Houston. Dear God, you, people in Texas just drive like it's the Audubon, because Texas is so damn big and spread out. You have to drive like a bat out of hell to get anywhere.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it, it takes nearly a day to get out of it if you're. Yeah. Like, because yeah. I've driven to Illinois um, several times, and it takes about a day just to get out of the state. It's big, braver. It's like you're
3: driving, it's like if you're going someplace, you know, across the United States, you're like, oh, we're through this state. Oh, now we're through this state oh, we're in our final destination. We're in Texas. We're
0: almost there. Two days later, we're almost there. <laughs> <You know? laughs> what the hell did we stop? And to bring it around to old-time radio again, you could listen to Duffy's Tavern all the, t- all the way across Texas.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Several episodes.
3: <laughs> turn signal, turn signal, turn
0: signal. <laughs> and leave your turn signal on the whole way.
3: I'm, I'm that age. <laughs>
0: I was doing it at seventeen, so <laughs> it doesn't depend on the age <laughs> who okay um anybody else have uh anything to mention about this uh, episode or anything about Duffy's tavern in particular?
3: the only thing I've got to ask is before I ever listened to an episode of Duffy's Tavern I've always been a fan- fan of the Rat pack, and i think i I think it's actually uh, Sinatra at the Sands where he goes. Where are the elite meat to eat. And I'm like, I oh, thought that was kind of funny. I'm like, God, did he just do that because it was a you know, it, it was a rhyme or something, and he thought it was funny or something. And then only later on when I started Duffy's Tavern, it's like, Oh, now I
4: get it. Now I know what he was referencing. Yeah. Yeah, this this was a massively popular show, right? So yeah, people at the time would yeah. have got that reference
0: and, yeah, and and people stole from radio comedy all the time uh bugs bunny cartoons had all kinds of radio references that sort of thing (laughs) so i'm not surprised what i like about duffy's tavern is the consistency they never change the beginning the phone rings duffy's tavern archie the manager speaking duffy ain't here oh hello duffy so duffy never shows up (laughs) yeah (laughs) his daughter's there i think in this episode the woman who played uh, uh miss miss duffy was the same uh, woman who played the original Gladys Kravitz on Bewitched. Mm. Oh, so if you okay. listen, you know, you remember Mrs. Kravitz. Yeah. yeah. Oh! <laughs> Very New York accent there. So uh,
3: Kind of um, Edith Bunker-ish sounding.
0: Yeah. A little. Oh, Abner! That's what I was trying to say. Abner. Her husband's <laughs> name was Abner.
4: <laughs> Abner! So, um... Okay, let's vote. What are we voting on, dear listener? As a reminder, we are voting on A, whether this particular episode is a true representative installment of the overall series, and two, whether or not it is a standalone show that belongs in every radio aficionado's collection. And again, Paul, this was your selection, so you go first.
3: Fine. I'll vote. I liked it.
4: <laughs> oh, okay. Um, no, it was very good. I
3: liked it. It was, you know, like I said, it almost seemed like they were picking at the low-hanging fruit a bit <laughs> this particular episode. But everything was still there for Duffy's Tavern, and it's just very enjoyable. Although I must say, it, is it just me, maybe because, like you said, Pete, it being the Armed Forces version, that the, the music break seemed longer than they normally are, too?
0: It could be. Uh, they they didn't, I, Maybe they just didn't want to play a snippet of a song to cover the length of the commercial. They just decided, okay, we'll put a whole song in there. I have yeah. no idea because sometimes he would have a, they would have a musical guest and the musical guest would sing a song, but Pat O'Brien was not known for his you know warbling, <laughs> so he wasn't a crooner. So he we wasn't don't, up there uh, with Crosby. Right. Okay. Next. Although they did sing Tura Lura Lura. <laughs> that's they t- they attempted to.
4: <laughs> Dave. I guess I tend to be a little stingy with the, uh, you know, uh, personal collection criteria. So I would say maybe, you know, if you have a small bookshelf like me, don't put this in your your personal collection. But, yeah, this is absolutely representative of the series. You know, you've got a celebrity guest star. You've got good music, good jokes. I mean, this is a great Duffy's Tavern all around. All right. Love
0: to veer away from you because uh, although I did feel it was uh, representative with with all the factors there and everything, the um, uh, the cringe factor of the fat jokes uh, make yeah. me say I I don't think it belongs in every radio aficionado's collection. So um, that's my opinion, and I'm sticking with it. Mm-hmm. All right, so um, nearly everybody agrees. I'm the only outcast, but that's okay. Friends vote. <laughs> Normally, this would bring us to the end of our episode, but we've been holding back some sad news, and I guess it's time to tell our listeners about that now. Once again, we must say goodbye to one of our co-hosts. Dave Feldman has been with us now since episode 11, which launched in February of last year. As we've told you before, he started his own podcast, Quietly Yours, after he joined us, and he wants more time to devote to that show. So, Dave... It's been a fun ride. You've brought your own special insight and experience with old time radio to the discussion and helped raise the bar significantly. It won't be the same without you.
4: Well, thanks, guys. Uh, being, a, being a guest on your show is my first uh, foray into podcasting. So, I mean, it really kind of gave me the, uh, frankly, gave me the confidence to, to start another one with my friend Matt, something that focused on, you know, particular series. And so, you know, I just want to say without getting all mushy, you know, thanks for thinking To have me on. I mean, it's it's been a lot of fun. And uh, I hope you'll keep me in the Rolodex so you can bring me on in the future as an occasional guest.
0: (laughs) Hear that, Paul? He loses his virginity in podcasting and he wants to leave us.
4: I thought I heard a...
0: Gratitude for you.
3: Go ahead. Yeah, I know. It's okay. We don't mind. We have that effect on people. They can't help but bond with us. We like onions. (laughs) (laughs)
4: Like ogres, we're layers. As, as I told Pete, I, I just hope I'll be remembered more as a Shemp and less as a Curly Joe in the uh in the <laughs> mythology of old-time radio essentials. I, I'd hate to think that I was uh, held in low regard by any of the listeners. Because when Jane left us, that was Curly who left, and now
0: and now we brought in Dave and he was Shemp. That was my analogy. <laughs> Who's next? <laughs> There's got to be a, a, either a Joe Besser or a Curly Joe to read us. So uh, the quality of our co-host is going go. down. Don't tell that to whoever's coming on for God's sake. Oh, I will. Listen, I'm going to call him Curly Joe.
4: Hello, Curly Joe. How you doing?
0: Yeah, 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 yeah.
4: All kidding aside, I'm sure whoever you guys bring in next is going to be great, and uh, you no, know, it's going to. You guys have a great show here, so I mean, there's no reason to uh, to get too teary eyed. I mean, I'm just, I see myself as a as kind of a a long, you know, a long guest, but this is really your guys's show, and you guys are going to do great keeping it going, and I'm looking forward to. Karen, uh, whatever you guys bring next, as well, long as thanks it is very much. Uh, as long as, much. as it isn't, uh, you know, that similar to that lights out, the, the infamous lights out episode that you guys did. <laughs> <laughs> oh, did it you? Did you listen back, so. to that one? Oh yeah, I've listened to all the back episodes. Oh okay. and that one's Yeah, that that one's the. the, the you guys's conversation is a lot more enjoyable than the episode itself. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I got
3: to agree with them on that one. Yeah.
4: But, oh, yeah. yeah. someday I'll, someday i'll come back and i'm gonna i'm gonna try to bring something that's even worse than that just just for fun so you guys oh so sweet
3: yeah. <laughs> well i tell you i was, it was great having you here dave because um you did you raised the bar when it came to doing the research and knowing the the the, the dates and stuff like that and knowing who here was related over here and who did this and i'm like Oh, you know, I probably should do a little more research before these instead of tap dancing through the minefield. So,
1: I'm he actually started listening to the
0: episode to in advance, too, thanks to you, Dave. So, uh... <laughs> funny. Oh.
3: <laughs> well, folks, this brings us to the end of episode 22 of Old Time Radio Essentials with Dave Feldman, Peter Lutz, and me, Paul RBC. Next time, the cycle comes back around to Pete. What'll you have for us then,
0: Pete? Next time, it's more comedy, an episode of The Henry Morgan Show from 1947. Henry Morgan was an American comedian with a flair for the bizarre. That's all I'll say for now. We hope you'll join us for that next month on Old Time Radio
4: Essentials. Dave, Paul, tell the masses what they need to know. Old Time Radio Essentials is a production of 63 Audio a proud member of the Mutual Audio Network. Subscribe to Apple or any other podcatcher you may use by searching under Mutual Audio Network and or Narada Radio Company.
3: Please follow us on the Twitter at Essentials Old. If you want to suggest a future episode, write us at F6.3 at gmail.com. That's the letter F, the number six, the word point, And the number three at gmail.com.
0: Put the word essentials in the subject line. Remember, friends, we're always happy to hear from our listeners, so please do send us feedback and suggestions. And if you didn't catch our email when Paul spelled it out, rewind and listen again. (laughs) Rewind. (laughs) Or just look for it in the show notes.
3: Dave, we're going to miss you, kiddo. And we wish you much success with your podcast, Quietly Yours. We sure do,
0: Dave. Uh,
4: can you tell our listeners a little bit about it? Yeah, it's a, it's a podcast that you can find out there on uh, mostly on iTunes and Spotify are kind of the best, uh, you know, venues for listening to it. And uh, there's a Facebook group page called Quietly Yours Podcast. If you want to, like, join in a conversation with other, other uh, you know, fans of Willis Cooper's Quiet Please, you know, we have a lot of uh you know, just we just kind of nerd out on on the history of the show and, and uh, trivia about particular episodes and all that. And um, more to the point, it's uh, it's a podcast I do with uh, with my buddy Matt Ellis um, and we focus mostly on quiet please. and occasionally we'll bring in another spooky, eerie uh, podcast and talk about that. And uh, yeah, we we, we, we kind of stick to the uh, the spooky stuff, but um, mostly we we talk about quiet please and we're we're just going through episode by episode and kind of uh, talking about it uh, in, con- in like in a, in a wider context, you know, political and social, what was happening in old-time radio. And so um, if you want to listen to our ramblings, you know, look it up, Quietly Yours podcast.
0: Sounds great. And I know that you've got um, an episode coming up where you talk about the 1980s Canadian series called uh, uh,
4: nightfall. nightfall. Yeah? In look the with- dream, you're falling. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <nightfall. laughs> The, de- the 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 ever divisive Nightfall, which uh, which Matt and I love. Some people are kind of on the fence about it, and some people don't like it at all. Um, but well, I we, think it's we got some great
0: episodes. Yeah, I, I really yeah. enjoy it. Much I enjoy it much better than the CBS Radio Mystery Theater.
4: I to I, be sure. I've many times saying I really do not like CBS Radio Mystery Theater. So, but that's a conversation for another day.
0: Not for our show though, because we're not ever going to touch on CBS Radio Mystery Theater. It's way outside the uh the boundaries right. of our old-time radio discussion well good okay so listen <laughs> to exactly quietly yours Dave's folks <laughs> listen to quietly yours with dave and and matt
3: hey that reminds me um speaking of podcasts uh i want to
0: ask pete when's the next episode of adventures of the federated tech coming out you mean my series based on the continental op stories by Dashiell Hammett? I've been informed by my producer, Daniel French, that the fourth installment, called The Black Hat That Wasn't There, is going into production this week and will be released shortly after. I'm happy to say that you've been active in this series, Paul, and have played several roles so far. (laughs) Twart nothing.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, uh, and I
0: understand Dave made his acting debut in a recent episode of The Cellar. He sure did. You can hear him as one of the townspeople in The Woman at Loon Point. I think you did a nice job, Dave, and I hope you know you're always welcome back here at Old Time Radio Essentials.
4: Well, you know, like I said, keep me in the Rolodex, send me a telegram when you need someone to come on, and uh, you know my people will get in touch with your people. Excellent. Fantastic. <laughs> and our people
0: can have lunch. Okay, it's time to wrap our things up. I can stab you and put in the stomach with the hole with the <laughs> blood coming out. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I put my hand over your mouth so you cannot say nothing. <laughs> yes. Okay, it's time to wrap things up. That's it for now, everybody. Join us next time for another fun installment of Old Time Radio Essentials. Bye-bye for now and happy St. Patrick's Day. <laughs> Oh, wow. When Irish eyes are smiling, that's a <laughs> Chinese lullaby. Something like that.
1: Bye Good night everybody.
0: Ciao. Wow. <laughs>
3: And now, friends, adjust your radio dials to the proper. Wow, that sucked. <laughs> Try it again. Do that over, because I started. I tried slowing it down and deepening it up, and I just slid right into Liverpool.
0: 63 audio.
3: This
9: is mutual.
3: See you tomorrow at the matinee, and thanks so much for listening.
1: The Mutual Audio Network. Listening and imagining together.